On 11-16, SEM, the Four Diego's. G'day, Vegos, and welcome to the Four Diego's here on 11-16, SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. Rodrigo Rodriguez with you. Thanks to Finey on another great show and the boys uh, from the Wonder Years, uh, 1993 tonight. A good show, as always, and they'll be back uh, next week on just before the Diego's. A, a good opening to the Diego's, we like to call it. But, uh, hey, now, it's always good to hear the boys on the show. And finally, again, we'll be back from tomorrow at uh, tomorrow from 7. Vinny Venezuela, you're here as well. Welcome. Thank you very much, Rodrigo. Good to be here. Yes. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. Hello, world. And uh, Carlos Alberto Diego, we're um, one, one man short again. We've got the quorum, though. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I know. We can have a show. Yeah. Yeah, no, this yeah, is a It's show. always a better show. Yeah. In fact, <laughs> Warren out there somewhere... He's, I think he's on camp somewhere. No, Carlos, witness protection. Witness, yeah, okay. He's in hiding now. Yeah, absolutely. Last week he uh, he copped heaps, by the way, once we got the podcast up. Um, record numbers of listeners uh, who uh, who sent the record amount of abru- abuse to Warren. That's why he's in hiding. Of course, last week he did declare that this victory side was the best ever A-League side. Uh, in the 10 years of the A-League. And, of course, there's a, if you do know anything about A-League, you know that Brisbane Raw not only uh, promised to be one of the greatest, but they did deliver. Yeah. Uh, Victory are promising to be pretty good, hmm. but they haven't yet delivered. And on the weekend, of course, it's a very controversial game. Yes. We'll get into and that. If it wasn't for Srebro Doloski. <laughs> They'd be delivering. Yeah, Warren, Warren would be here. <laughs> Absolutely. Declaring that he was right. Absolutely. Uh, hey, we'll take your calls tonight on 9429-1116 if you want to... Uh, have a chat to the Diego's What's about... the hotline? Well, what is the hotline tonight, Vinny Venezuela? The hotline is, you know, yeah. because I've been thinking everyone just given Strebray a hard time, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so much pressure. He's in... So many questions to answer. He looks like a lovely guy, though. He looks like a nice guy. He looks like a lovely guy. You know, he... sometimes you see him give a decision and there's a little smile on his face. Yeah. He has a bit of a rapport with the players. Anyway, on, on the back of the fact that he's... I'm sure he is a nice guy. We thought uh, we'd have the uh, his only human hotline, <laughs> and really, it's our opportunity to to get into the Strebray mindset yep. and and sort of try and explain what what mm. went wrong or what happened with that decision. So, was he distracted? Was was yeah. was the light shining to yep. you know? Was there a reflection? Yeah. Did he just hate Kevin Musket? Did he just hate Kevin Musket? <laughs> yeah. well, give us some, an explanation mm. why he had the brain explosion because he was in perfect position. Absolutely. I, spoke, I spoke. I did my homework. As you always do. Yeah, as I always do. It's just automatic for me. Did to you do speak my to industry experts? Carl? I spoke to people at the top oh, well, well, of refereeing ah. today uh, before half show and got all the information. Firstly, you know, I asked the questions. Did he get it wrong? Right? Tick. I, I, won't, I won't give you right, the response right. about what I got. But I was confident enough to say, okay, if he got it wrong, <laughs> right, uh, you know, how could he have got that wrong? Giving it, was he in the right position? They said, yep, he was in the right position. Um, and, uh, yeah, anyway, so <laughs> ultimately uh, he uh, he's a guy that uh, just went through a moment, I think. And, but, you know, the problem is he's also had those moments uh, a bit lately with Melbourne victory. You know, Carlos, sometimes y- your bowel can just cramp up all of a sudden <laughs> and you just, 
yeah. you lose focus yeah. and because you're thinking of your tummy pain. Your yeah. lower intestinal Your lower intestine and mm. you're thinking, what's yeah. the distance between where I am and the toilet? <laughs> yeah. How much time have I got? Quite possibly, all yeah. of those things happen then. Who's at to the, know? Who's to know? No, he's Look, not going to come out and say that. He could. He's he a could. professional. <laughs> Straight I'll tell you, in my Join us. Days, you know, of course, you know. <laughs> My eyesight hasn't been great no. all my life. I had bad mm-hmm. groins and bad eyesight. Otherwise, I could have been anything. There's a connection, uh, yeah, Carlos. Right. Please continue. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I could have been anything with good groins and good eyesight. Yeah. Couldn't do anything about the groins. But the eyesight, I had contact lenses when I was you know, running around in the pub leagues as a centre-half. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, you know, the ball would be you know, kicked a long way by the, by the uh, you know, down route one by the, the goalkeepers. I'd be... You know, I launched myself into the air to head the ball back towards uh, the opposition goal. And sometimes the, the contact lens used to move around in my eyes. Suddenly I had double vision. <laughs> the ball's in the air. I've got double vision. Now, has Shrebray mm. got the contact lenses that I had? Moved around his eye in that moment. Possibly. Had double vision. I can tell you, though, we can confirm that he is now the poster boy for Specsavers. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. Send us a text message on 0433981116. He's only human hotline tonight and the phone calls as well yep. on 94291116. Plenty to talk about, of And course. just really, if you, if you want to give us a ring and be serious about this, tell us what should be done about the mm. refereeing. We've had too many of these moments. We had a full board of calls on the half show today. If you didn't get on, you want to have a chat about what can we, we, we can honestly do about the refereeing uh, or these moments in games because I think Shrebray is a fairly good referee generally, but he has these moments or he has with victory in particular in the last uh, 12 months or so where you just can't explain some of the decisions. Theoretically, theoretically, let's say you, you wanted the A-League wanted to say, we're just going to use video monitors. Yep. Could they do it, or does it have to be FIFA sanctioned, FIFA approved stuff? Or can we can we go out and say we're going to do replay of decisions, and we're going to call back the ball, or we're going to not allow that penalty? Can we take things back? I believe there's autonomy with certain things uh, with uh, different associations throughout the world, but this one here, I think FIFA won't allow it. I know FFA are lobbying for it. Mm-hmm. They've you know, they have approached FIFA a number of times about using video technology for these sort of things, and FIFA's knocking it on the head. They prefer human error than, uh, <laughs> than just getting it right, and that's the frustrating thing. Well, Isn't that's it... why they have SEP. Yeah, that's right. Isn't it about that's getting it right? That's why they've got the X-Code. Yeah. There's lots I... of human error going on there. To tell you the truth, I would like, even if the referees made a decision that was incorrect, the assistant linesman saying, hey, listen, this wasn't right, and then overturning that decision... And saying, listen, I was wrong, take the free kick or whatever, or let's do a, a drop ball or something. I'd rather that. I'd have more respect for referees uh, admitting that they made an error, uh, as long as they're not doing it every you know, four or five times a game, it's, you know, once every blue moon. Uh, I think we'd all have more respect for the refereeing fraternity if they, if they did it that way. But Carlos, um, it's like Rodrigo and I, we're like linesmen to mm. you. And, you know, <laughs> That's right. sometimes it's very hard to overturn the referee, no matter yeah. how good your intentions are. There's been plenty of uh, invective, is that the word, uh, Vinny Venezuela, towards uh, Seb Ryle and also Stebray Dolovsky. Seb Ryle tonight was cleared uh, by the match review panel of simulation. So uh, they took 10 minutes to make that decision. So 
he must have clipped the heels of Guy Finkler. Well, he did. Or, yep. He did clip and, the heels. If you watched so, the video closely... And so the, yeah. the, the boy's been cleared of simulation. Yeah. Should have been probably suspended for the tap on the back of the head of Guy Finkler. Yeah. But, uh, even appealing for the penalty, yeah. knowing that it wasn't a foul in the first place. But anyway. That's right. So there you go. Um, that's, the, uh, that's the breaking news out of uh, the FFA today. Let's go to Matt in Coburg. Wants to talk about uh, the refereeing. G'day, Matt. And welcome to the show. How are you, boys? Yeah, we're good. Well, Matt. Look, uh, I think... Um, the main reason he made that decision and called it a penalty was after the Asian Cup, he was a bit jealous with all the fantastic press that Ben Williams was getting, <laughs> and he wanted a little bit for himself. That's the only reasoning I can come up with. Yeah. Yeah, look, I, I suppose Ben Williams sort of topped it off a little bit. Of course, those people out there who don't know Ben Williams, this is an A-League referee who's been involved with uh, uh, his fair share of uh, controversy over the years, and in the, in the Asian Cup was officiating the Iraq-Iran game and uh, sent off a player for, I think, simulation, wasn't it? After giving a yellow card previously. And it was a pretty soft simulation. And, uh, of course, he was pilloried by the Fox Sports panel uh, with John Aloisi, I think John Cosmina, Mark Rudin, and I'm not sure Ned Zalich was on there too. But they really had, you know, it, was, it even got a bit of personal between uh, the, the commentators and Ben Williams. And last week, Ben Williams was quoted in the paper saying that all the criticism he gets is ill-informed, yeah, which fires people up even more and probably smacks a little bit of arrogance. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, th- I, think, um, I don't think Shrebray's in the same, in the same category. I, I believe Shrebray has in the past, when he has made decisions that were incorrect, put his hand up. Uh, I know the uh, penalty, the non-penalty the decision against, uh, with Milligan in the semi-final last year against Perth, uh, sorry, Brisbane Raw. Uh, uh, in the A-League finals, uh, Shrebray came out on SEN, I believe, and said that uh, that he got it wrong. So I'm not sure we've heard that from Ben Williams yet. Anyway, thanks for your call, Matt. Um, I can't imagine uh, uh, Stebray coming out and uh, saying that, that he got it wrong this time, I don't think. But, uh, oh, well, I, th- I don't think he's been given the opportunity. And maybe that's another thing we can think of. You know, why don't referees get a press conference after the game and get asked questions about the decisions? Maybe two or three you know, uh, issues during the game? Because I think we need to get, you know, the referee's take on why they made a decision. And if they did make a mistake, they, they would admit it then and there. Mm. A lot of pressure I, at that yeah. point, but uh, Not sure sometimes I'd they like, don't I'd always like to know either. I'd but like to see it. I was going to say, the, Strebray or anyone else, they should have, you know how sometimes players have got the undergarment with a message? <laughs> he should just have one that says, whoops, sorry. <laughs> and if, if he does a bad call, he can just run to the corn, to the camera yeah. and just pull it up and you know, all is forgiven, yeah. perhaps. Do you think, guys, I mean, I, I got hammered a little bit on uh, on the SMS today when I suggested that, However bad that decision was, and it was a clear non-penalty, and it came at a bad time for victory. They were 2-1 up and probably doing okay at the time. At 2-all, Sydney started getting a bit of momentum. I still don't believe that that penalty decision um, affected the game. Well, I don't think it decided the game. It might have affected the game, but it didn't yeah. decide the game. I think, it, I think you're right. I think it affected the game. No, they got, they got to 3-2 yeah. up. With, with you know yeah. a fantastic header by Hansel, yeah. which was just beautiful. Yeah. But uh, the fact that they copped another goal right right towards the end there was uh, not related at all. Of, no, not yeah. related at all. I mean, the game was mm. they got back in front. They they should have yeah. won the game. And yeah. and and I think you know this whole issue of the penalty takes away from the fact that you know victory in the end let another one slip. Yeah. And uh, like they did against Perth Glory you know, a couple of weeks before. So and um, guess what? No one's talking about it. Why? No, why? Because Kevin Muscat expertly He's good at that, isn't he? <laughs> expertly has kept the pressure on the 
penalty decision. Mm. And even Costa Barbarousas, who, who's uh, been interviewed since, and had, by the way, played a great game yeah. on the weekend, has managed to keep the focus on Seb Roll today. Or yesterday, I think it was, where he talked about losing respect for him for supposedly diving, which well, again... Well, I think, I think it was more for the tap on the back oh, of the sorry, head. it was too. You know, it was too. Uh, it was, you know, because he... he you know, I did think that he, he clipped the back of the heel. So, mm. you know, that could, he could have lost his balance because of that. It was just the, the appealing for the penalty and then and then the tapping of the back of the head that really got me going. I, yeah. I just thought, you know, this is going to start something. <laughs> Barisha yeah. went off. Um, yeah. Seb Ryle is very interesting. I don't know that any other person, former Melbourne, someone, any former player who's played in Melbourne could do more to alienate himself from a whole city. <laughs> like, w- whether they're victory yeah. supporters or... Heart slash city supporters, he just has burnt his bridges and he's quite happy to do so, which yeah. I find quite odd. You know what? What I find odd, and what was really unbecoming, I thought, and there's stronger words I can use, but when uh, Harry Kuehl, uh, you know, horrifically missed that penalty against uh, Sydney FC mm. a couple of years ago when he was playing for Melbourne Heart. And uh, the first one in his face after he missed it, it's probably the worst penalty miss he ever would have had in his career. Uh, you certainly wouldn't have expected Harry Kuehl to miss by that much. It was a, it was a horrific penalty. And uh, the first guy in his face, letting him know about it, was Seb Ryle. And the first thing I thought to myself is, you know, as much as Seb is a decent footballer, uh, he's playing A-League, and he's played more A-League games than I ever will. So he's not a bad footballer. But for him to go into the face of a legend of the game mm. after he's made the mistake like that, I just thought, you know, it probably said something a little bit more about Seb Ryle than Harry Kuehl. And Harry Kuehl not retaliating either showed his class too. Yep. And we got a bit of that with the Guy Finkler. I mean, Guy mm. Finkler, Finkler was, uh, he was upset about it, but again... And he can fire up too, Guy Finkler. He can, but, yep. he, but the, cl- the class yep, of the he guy, yep. he stood back and let all the, vic- the other victory guys go after him instead. <laughs> can I ask another question? Would someone like Seb Ryle... Maybe he's not national team standard, but if he was potentially knocking on the door, would would this sort of attitude that he has, that he possesses, uh, hurt his chances of getting into a national team because uh, other players might not respect him? Uh, it could, but but he's nowhere near that think. quality. He's just not, he's, he's he's just a decent A League player. But but I guess I, I guess what I'm asking is. Would it would it stop either a national coach or any other gaffer thinking? You know what? Can play a little bit, but I don't want him in the team because yep. it's a bad vibe. Or no, he could, but gee, you have to be a really good player with that mm. bad side of his character to be part of it. And for me, he's not even playing regularly for Sydney at the moment. So if he was Ebrahimovic, you'd let him. Well, <laughs> you'd I mean, put him Ke- <laughs> the closest we can come to. It would be a Kevin Musket, even though Kevin Musket, when he was a player, was respected by a lot of his teammates. But he had that, that side of his character that people weren't sure about. And, uh, but he was accepted in the national team at the time. I, I, I just think that if you're really good enough to play for the national team, you have to be a really bad character not to be accepted. It takes all types. And, yeah. and he's one of those players who clearly thrives on you know, you know that kind of in your face, in your face yeah, kind yeah. of attitude. Look, mm. he he can play. I mean, yeah. he, he scored against Victory yeah. a few times actually, mm. and um, made it hard for them. But but you know that ill discipline that that he tends to, he just tends to cross the line too he often. He does. He does. So mm. I mean, he can be valuable to that Sydney side. I mean, he's that type of player that you know mm. aggressive. So you know, it just takes all type. I don't, I don't think he's you know um, national material, but. Uh, 
but you know he's, he's all the more reason why you should be more humble yeah, and I... respectful of of uh, players who are better than you in that re- and I'm not oh, saying you should lie down on the ground and and, uh, and let them run all over the top of you I'm just saying in those incidences there show a bit of class oh no I remember the Harry yeah. Kill thing that was oh, awful that was awful hey nine four two nine eleven sixteen if you want to have a chat to the Diego's tonight and our listeners of course uh, get on get on the line uh, like Elvis. Elvis is back. He's on the road. <laughs> Wants to talk about uh, Step He's Ray. back and on the road. <laughs> G'day, Elvis. How you doing? G'day, mate. Good evening. Yeah, good evening. I love the show, mate. Listening to you every day and every night. Oh, good. We're on Wednesday yeah. nights, but uh, clearly <laughs> you're, you're, you're podcasting. Yes, yeah. I'm listening all week about this Trebre Dilevsky. Can I answer it proper? Trebre Dilevsky, Uh-huh. Yep. Thank you. So, yep. So what what do you think, Elvis? What, what, what I'm thinking, I'm be listening all week about mm-hmm. Melbourne victory, about this penalty, this tonight's Stavos Trebre direct. It's not only on the mind referee fault. Okay, where was the wise man? The wise man was maybe ten, fifteen meters far away. Good point. Yes, and his leg could stay down. Good point. Yes, he should have Trebre Dilevsky, the mind referee, should have picked help from. The assistant referee, the wise man, but he did not done nothing. The wise man, and then all the time, all week, he's been listening about Trebre, make yep. mistake this and this. One point, one big point. I have the grand final, Brisbane Royal, per glory. Yep. The final score and the penalty on Berisha. That was a penalty. Yep. Yeah, it was a penalty, and I. And that was that the guy was for premiership. He was going to be champion in Australia. And Brisbane won of that penalty. There wasn't penalty at all, isn't yep. it? I suppose I was closer, Elvis, to what happened on the. I mean, on the weekend it was just such a non-penalty. The one with uh, Barisha, there was arguments either way. I mean, it, look, in the end, you probably more people said it wasn't a penalty than was. But there was an argument either way. People were going to a technical argument, and they could probably argue a little bit. With, with the Seb Ryle and the Guy Finkler uh, incident on the weekend, there's just no way, once you looked at the video. Uh, but I agree wholeheartedly, Elvis, that the assistant referee should have come into play there. And as I said earlier, I would have been happy, because Strebray actually gave the decision very quickly. He did. So the assistant referee may not have had enough time to say anything, but I don't have a problem with the assistant referee saying, hey, Shrebray, come and talk to me because the decision is not a right decision. And if he went over and talked to him and then reversed it and maybe dropped the ball or if he felt that Seb Ryle was diving to give him a yellow card and give a free kick to the other side, um, that would have been a way of dealing with it. And I think it would, everyone would have been really respectful of what he did because there's no player on that field who would have argued that was a penalty. There's no way the Sydney players, if he reversed mm. that decision, there's no way the Sydney players would have been in Shrebray's face and said, no, it was a penalty. I think everyone knew it wasn't. So I don't think it would have, it would have had those problems uh, that, uh, that people may have envisaged if he turned it around. Absolutely. Thanks for your call, uh, Elvis. 942-911-16, if you want to uh, give us a call tonight, please do so. Um, just for Australian rules fans, Seb Ryle is the Hayden Ballantyne Ryan Crowley of the A-League, <laughs> which, is a, which is a fair call, Davey in Cranbourne. Absolutely. It takes all types, and uh, they're valuable to their teams. Um, 
Davey and Cranbin also said that uh, Seb Ryle said he was tripped by uh, Kevin Sheedy's Martians. There you go. <laughs> um, hey, fellas, unfortunately, there are a lot of bad decisions due to players diving or overplaying contact. Surely this makes it difficult for the referees. That's John in Beaconsfield. That's why I like the FIFA, the, sorry, the FFA's uh, uh, new policy. They call it the anti-diving policy. That's what uh, uh, Seb Ryle has been cited on, that if you simulate and you get found out afterwards, the match review panel deems it, you've got a case to answer, you could have an automatic two-game suspension. Mm. And I'll... so that's why I think – and that's groundbreaking. I don't think there's many federations around the world to do that. So that's a fantastic thing that the FFA's done. It's very difficult for referees. I mean, we have to look at the the replays. I mean, no one – even when Sebrae mm. went down, no one could pick up in normal motion in real time that that wasn't a penalty. No one could pick that up. But it was when we saw the replay where we thought – that was nowhere near a penalty. So you've got to give referees some slack in that respect, I reckon. No. You've got to wonder how... They, they would have showed the replay at the ground. Or oh, yeah. They, oh, that's, so... that's where Muscat lost it completely. Because yeah. <laughs> Muscat said he saw it even because he said... He, got, he, doesn't have, he doesn't have contact lenses, I'll tell you that. You need to be a lip reader to... Uh... Oh, God. <laughs> it was look, something embarrassing. Yeah, look, yeah, Kevin Muscat has every right to argue what he has about the refereeing this year. I've got to say, he does use it to his, uh, his advantage and deflect any scrutiny of his own team. Completely. Well, as do the best well, as, a do, as, a do, as do Graham Arnold's I was going to say, the guy 20 metres from yeah. him, you know. Yeah, well, that's right. Graham Arnold is, is, is a master, master of that in Australia and Kevin Muscat's learning very, very quickly. Yeah. I reckon they were both going to have an argument about why they hated the referee more at the end of the game. <laughs> well, did you see, they have, yeah. they're great mates. Did you have a, did you see, it just shows how serious these guys are that they both had a crack at each other at the end of the game as they went to shake their hands. Because uh, Muskie probably said something like, you know, that was never a penalty. And uh, and Arnie goes, well, what about that other thing, you know? Yeah, that's right. The other guy who dived was uh, Wayne Rooney. He got a penalty oh. for Man U, and he actually <laughs> apologised to the keeper, saying, I dived. I, I knew I could get myself a pen. i tell you what we haven't had. We haven't had – I know we had the Paolo Di Canio one where the goalkeeper was – uh, on the ground with a bad knee and the ball came across and he picked up the ball. Remember that? He picked up the ball for Sheffield Wednesday. It might yeah, have been at West Ham uh, where he just picked up the ball and said, no, no, I'm not going to put it in the back of the net because he was, had an open goal. Uh, I'll give it back to the, you know, the referee. And he got applauded for that. Mm. I wonder, I don't know of a case where a player has either dived or no, just known it was never a penalty where he's just said, no, I'm not accepting that penalty. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen or zero four double three nine eight eleven sixteen. Has that ever happened? Yeah. Do you know of anyone, even in the local leads, if if a player just refuses to accept the referee's decision? Hey, let's take a break now. We'll come back more with uh, Diego's and Mike McGrath. On eleven sixteen, SEN, the four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night. There's three of us, minus Warren Diego, who is still on the witness protection <laughs> program. I think he'll be all right next week, Vinny. Let's hope. Yes, and the hot topic tonight? is uh, He's only human. It's a, he's only human hotline. Oh, it's a hotline as well. And uh, let us know what Strebray, uh, what went on to make Strebray make that decision. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Everyone's been talking about it. why couldn't we? Why shouldn't we talk about it? Yeah. Hey, a couple of text messages here, guys. There was a player for Werder Bremen uh, or Wolfsburg a few years ago who confessed to diving and prompted the ref to reverse his call. I think his surname was Hunt. It's definitely on YouTube. That's yeah. Tom in Flemington. 
Um, we vaguely remember that there, Tom. Thanks for that. Um, here's one. Uh, players going down like they've been shot in the back with a 12-gauge after minor contact is worse than poor umpiring decision. It's a blight on the game. Nephew of Vinny. Hey. There you go. <laughs> it is a blight. Got, got the family. Of course it is. It is a blight. You weren't going to argue with that. Good on you, lad. <laughs> Good on <laughs> Uh, Could co- be a lassie. Ab- <laughs> nephew. 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 <laughs> Sorry. I hope not. No. <laughs> not yet. Uh, Coe's poor keeping isn't coming under the microscope either. That's John in Port Melbourne. Well, he, he, he did show he, he could have been more nimble across the uh, the goal line for that Schmelz uh, equaliser at the end there. And I thought he's, he's sort of uh, a little bit slow to move for that. And I know a lot of Victory fans are a lot more, uh, I don't know, they are, they're a lot more tougher in uh, in their critic, critique of that than I am. Uh, he's one of the guys I think that uh, uh, is is really a target of uh, of some of the fans and, and why maybe the team is not as consistent as what people think uh, they should be. Gee, when when you strip away that decision, that goal from Shane Schmelz at the that mm. last goal was just beautiful. Yeah, it was. Uh, uh, it was very disappointing. Was actually, a bit of a fluke. I <laughs> know. Oh, oh, look, oh, I was too. No, no, I was a good guy. He's a, he's a good player. But, a um, player. especially against victory, victory fans just must hate yeah. him. A guy like Schmelch just knows his way. I mean, he's he's uh, his home is a penalty box. Mm. He just knows how to score. Uh, he just does such wonderful work in there. And even though he hasn't been a regular in that Sydney FC side, you just know. You know, he, he's just got the eye for goal. And he was in the mood the other night too, you yeah. could just see. It was one of those frustratingly slow motion goals yeah. where you everything is not happening at the pace <laughs> it should be. Yeah. And it's like in those movies and you can see the bullet and the cop go, yeah. no! And, and Co spinning his wheels to yeah, get back to yeah, it because he clearly, yeah. you know... He, there was a touch he, of the Matrix there. There was. With also, <laughs> yeah, uh, it was. With, uh, Nathan Coe. <laughs> but the other thing too, you know... If you look at uh, Shane Smelt's scoring record against Victory and City, he scores almost a goal a game against both those teams. He has so much fun playing (laughs) against Victory and City. And I don't know how close. I I think City had a crack at him when they were Hart, had a crack at him uh, a couple of years ago. But I don't know why he hasn't played for a, for a Melbourne That's team. That's about one of the only states that he hasn't played. It's in. true. I mean, he's, played, he's played. He's, he's a bit of a journeyman, but uh, I tell you what, he's still a great striker. Imagine mm. all the own goals he would have let in. <laughs> still scoring it's against true, them. True. Speaking about own goals, I have to say, what uh, about that forty-meter own goal by uh, Josh Rose yesterday for Central Coast Mariners? Well, for Guangzhou RNF <laughs> in the uh, Asian Champions League qualifier, yeah. where. Uh, the uh, Guangzhou RNF one three one. Did you see that? Yeah, I did Back see pass, it. Pass just went wrong. Uh, happily for Josh, there was no one there at the ground to watch it. <laughs> That's true. Uh, uh, it was. Was there anyone? There? I mean, it was. Did the brass band even? Well, there turn were more up? Chinese fans there than. <laughs> I know. Um, Once upon a time, there were no back passes. Now back passes. I don't like back passes. I know. I, I think the, another rule, apart from the diving, is no back pass to the keeper from the halfway line. Yeah. Oh. It's, that's a blight on the game too. But that's another, yeah. that's another show. 94291116, give us a call tonight. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Paul in Roville. He thinks he knows why Stebre made the decision. G'day, Paul. Welcome to the Diego's. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm not actually taking the piss here. I actually do think I know why. Okay. Um, he, was watching, he was watching where the ball was, right? Strabray was. Yep. Um, he didn't actually see the moment where the two, Ryle and Finkler, met. And yep. when he looked, he saw Finkler with his hands up, running straight, and Ryle to, his, to Finkler's right on the ground. Mm. I think what Strabray thought was it was one of those times when an def- uh, attacker's making a run and a defender cuts him off and clips his heels running the opposite way yep. at a tangent to him. 
Yep. And it did actually look exactly like that, but little did Shrebray know that Finkler actually didn't know Ryan was there. Yes. So I can see why he gave it. All signs pointed to it, but if he had actually seen, he would have known that Finkler didn't actually see him. You're spot on, Paul. Absolutely spot on. I think that's how you. That's how we read it. Um, there's no way Shrebray... We can rule out that he cheated. No, no. <laughs> you can rule out that he hates yeah. victory. I don't think he has an agenda against no, victory. No, of course not. Of course not. But... Contrary uh, to a lot of texts on yeah. the SMS machine. But he also once said that he didn't give the Milligan penalty in the semi-final against Brisbane Raw last season because he wasn't 150% sure it was a penalty. Now, for him to give the penalty on the weekend, by his definition, he must have been 150% sure. And I don't know if that's correct because, you know, even though he was, I agree with Paul, he was looking at the ball rather than the actual so-called contact. Uh, I, I, you know, if you didn't see the contact, you shouldn't have given it. No, I agree. I agree. Paul, so, uh, Paul's probably surmised correctly there, yeah. but, but I, I, you know, when you, if if that if that was why he made that decision, how he made that decision, he shouldn't have given it. It's not the root. Yeah, it's not, he's not he, a, yeah, you got to see it. Sure. You got to see it. Absolutely. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Thanks for your call, Paul. We really appreciate it. Hey boys, let's just talk a bit about. I mean, this was really a weekend for the bad boys, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was. Um, let's start. We'll come back to Barisha, um, but let, let's let's go to Adelaide for for a minute. You know, yeah. that's a town that you know the Diego's have had yeah. a bit of fun in. Are we going to um, talk about the game? Well, for five minutes. No, no, not the no. game. Why would we talk about the game? No, no. We're going to talk about the disco, are we? We're talking about the oh, disco. Okay. I can't even remember the name of the disco. Oh, no, I, anyway. I read it today. It was very... Because I remember it used to be Jewel. The big disco in Adelaide mm. was Jewel. Oh, was it? Is it yeah. still going Jewel? Or has it become an incarnation of something else? But, uh, of course, uh, you've got the report there, Rodrigo. Well, well uh, Keogh and Risden, both yep. uh, Perth Glory uh, players, uh, were arrested yeah. in um, Adelaide <laughs> and uh, for, what, drunken disorderly behaviour and... Yep. Um, They've obviously been released and, uh, you know, they've been suspended by their club, but uh, it made news. It made, yeah, I was really surprised that, you know, this would make the news, Carlos. What, what did you think? Do you think uh, Keo would have said something like, do you know who I am, Copper? <laughs> well, they came for him. Do it with the Irish section. Really? Do you know who I am, Copper? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good one. I, you know, just to surprise you guys that in this day and age, after the game, we've still got footballers that go out mm. and get... I mean, I don't think they're doing it that much in AFL these days. They usually wait till the off-season, don't they? Ooh, Who knows? I don't know about that, Carlos. Well, I think the rugby players and the AFL players tend mm. to get in trouble during the off-season. I don't think you're finding too many in pubs uh, or, or, or in nightclubs getting drunk during the season. We haven't had a story like that for a while, have we? Or am I... I'm sure... No, no, we haven't. Know. I don't think we've had many... If any stories like that either, yeah. but in I the think they go out. It's actually been a quiet off season, actually. Yeah, but in the, in that's when it tends off. to happen when mm. they when they have all sorts of things going on. It's during the off season, end of season trips and stuff like that. I'm surprised that we've still got that, you know, in Perth, you know, in the A League. Oh look, boys like to go out. They've, they've played a hard yeah, game but of football, but they got drunk. It's drunk and disorderly. Rodriguez, it's drunk not, too much. It's not a lemon lime and bitters <laughs> and a little bit of a dance you know, on the dance floor and then go home. Well, you raise an interesting point in this age of, you know, fitness and, and yeah. so many team doctors and people watching your, your physical condition, whether, you know, they must know what happens and they must obviously have a, a couple of rest days and recovery and they think yeah. even if you do go out, uh, you've got a couple of days to get yourself right, which you would think for an A-League club or any sort of professional unit is something they wouldn't want to sort of uh, court or I tempt. Think, I think the issue is more not, not not so much sports science, but the fact that we're in an era of, you know, everyone, everyone's got a camera. 
I mean, everyone's, yeah, with social media, you know, news is instant today and everyone's a news reporter yeah. or broadcaster. Hmm. Absolutely. So that that's... That's the stupidity, really. Well, the, but these guys actually got arrested, well, so I think the that Herald made it Sun, even worse. Uh, well, Donna Herald Sun of the Age had a, had the article of uh, the, both players being arrested, mm. and there was a big photo off the disco's Facebook yeah. <laughs> with Andy Keogh and some of the girls he met during the night. I heard you on Half Today, yep. Carlos, as you are every Wednesday yes. from 1 um, at Fort Diego's. That's our Twitter handle yeah. while, while we're at it. Hey, but you, you said you were... You think you thought it was good for the game, didn't you? Is that I, what you I, said? I said it was good for the game because it was almost a compliment for the game know, that it was right. reported. Yes. Because to think that footballers or soccer players have never gone out after a game and got drunk and got in a bit of trouble with police, if you believe that, you're deluded, right? But in the past, it hasn't made the news because it wasn't newsworthy, right? Because it was, it was soccer rather than AFL or, or rugby. The fact that they're reporting <laughs> yes. in Adelaide, two Perth Glory players having a few drinks and, and you know, going off their rocker a little bit after the game, and it's now making news, I think that's a compliment to the game. It that's means right. that we've arrived. Especially <laughs> when there was a massive cricket game in Adelaide on the same night between India and Pakistan. And there was no, no one drunk at disorderly no, at that game. No, M.S. Stoney. <laughs> that's right. He was in his hotel room with yeah. you know, Virat Kohli, and you know, they, were, they were drinking... Nothing. Maybe there's an FFA directive to sort of stay in the news, though, <laughs> yeah. however, however yeah. way you can. Yeah. Well, there you go. They've uh, they've been suspended by their club, so uh, not suspended, rather fined or uh, fine. Well, Josh Risden has, slap had, on the wrist. has been given a suspended fine. Right. Yeah, and Andy yeah. Keogh yeah. has been given a fifty percent fine of his weekly wage, right. which not is suspended. around three grand apparently. So mm. he's getting paid fairly good coin at the moment. Good player. Yeah. Good player. Let's go to Michael in Thomastown. G'day, Michael. Uh, hi there, guys. Uh, just earlier before, I think you moved on a little bit from that, just with the football players and stuff, yep. um, you'd sort of see them around, actually. You'd be surprised how much you see them through the regular season. They do tend to pop in, you know, have a few cheeky drinks, you know. Okay, well, you talk about AFL footballers, Michael, or yep. soccer players? Yep. No, no, AFL, strictly yep. AFL. In Melbourne, uh, speaking, you know, like you've got you know, Eve Nightclub and yep. all that. They, they tend to roll around. There's a few familiar faces if you look at the photos. Okay. Uh, but, but that ain't go out of control. That's the thing. Well, that's you know, the thing, is professional. That, yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask, have you seen any of them out of control? I, when I go to El Fortino's disco in Footscray, <laughs> I, I never see anyone out of control there. No. You know? Except no. family members. Yeah. But you don't, you don't see them out of control, do you, Michael? Oh, look, not, not necessarily, I guess. Yeah, it depends. Maybe if they've got a week off, maybe. Sometimes you, you can see them. But generally yeah. speaking, they're all right. Yeah. yeah it, it's more the past players that really tend to let loose sometimes. Oh, yes, and why course. not? You've got to live former <laughs> glories, don't you? Oh, of course, yeah. mate. Yeah, glory days. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, oh, no. mate. Oh, guys. We'll, see Thanks, after the, we'll see you after the show, Michael. Uh, yeah, we're off tonight. to the disco yeah. after yeah, this, Michael. We, we, <laughs> we tend to knock it around yeah. after, yeah. after and the I Diego's. think Thomas Town's got a nice little disco there, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. Which one, Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure. <laughs> for my, for anyone from Thomas Town, and tell us if there is a disco, because oh, we'll be there after the show. There's a you know a shopping strip there as well. I'm sure there's a pub. There'd be an RSL with a jukebox. We'll, we'll dance to anything. <laughs> what's what's happening with uh, Bessart Barisha? Why why is he in trouble? I, yeah. I must have missed that completely because I thought it was for the antics on the pitch, but something kind of happened uh, while yeah. he was walking off. Was he getting baited by um, the Sydney fans? Yeah, I he? think he's. But yeah, he was probably baited by the Sydney fans all game. But he, of course, lost it over the whole uh, Seb Roll mm. diving incident. 
and uh, the Shreve Ray Delosky decision. And as he was walking off at the end of the game, apparently uh, he held onto his crotch. Oh, right. Well, Michael <laughs> See, Jackson did I that. Think, I think Sebrae yep. should be held accountable for the fact that uh, Barisha held, yep. had to lunge for his crotch yeah, no, he and he, gesture. And he, and he put up his middle finger to the Sydney crowd as he's walked in. I, I think it's... I think it's just completely can be explained by the fact that, as I said on Half Show today, that he had a sore groin <laughs> and he was just telling Sydney fans, no, I'm right, my one groin is fine. Right. And he just didn't use his normal pointer no, finger. No, of course not. Of course not. So, uh, but anyway, he's been given a please explain and he's got to write up a submission about why he grabbed his crotch and why he put his middle finger up and have it into the <laughs> FFA by next Monday, apparently. Right. Can he get suspended for that? Or Oh, yeah. Gee. Yeah. Do you think it'll take him a lot lot of time to write it? (laughs) I think he's got to draw a picture. (laughs) Draw a picture. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yes. No. Explaining. Yeah. Yeah. Like little diagram, stage one. Yeah, I think they're going to do Photoshop and everything. Yeah, here you go. Johnny Port Melbourne heard Carlos lets his hair down at Bunnies. (laughs) No, I'm an L14 ace man there, Johnny. There you go. And um, what about, uh, let's, before we go to a break, Melbourne City. Now, they had a nil-all draw at uh, that little beautiful postcard of a grounded upper hut against uh, Wellington Phoenix. Yep. And uh, Damien Duff looks like he might be out for the rest of the season. So uh, that, he, that could be the end of his Melbourne City career. Oh, I think it is, definitely. I think mm. they almost announced that. And uh, the, it was a really weird injury. I mean, he got stomped on, on his foot, and he's had an ankle, from that he became ankle ligaments and calf injury from that. So uh, it's sad because he's been one of their better players this season. And I think as Josh Kennedy gets more and more fit, he's mm. the sort of player that could deliver it mm. to him. At the moment, there's sort of not. There's a bit of work to do there, not only on Josh's side but also the team. So and it's and, very sad that he didn't want to stay longer than one year as well. I, I you know, that uh, that was me. always made really clear from the start. Yeah, no, so, I know yeah. that's true. We're lucky mm. to have him. Mm. And Melbourne City have picked up uh, sack Newcastle captain uh, Yalians yep. uh, to bolster their squad because they've. Um, They've actually got a few injuries, so uh, interesting stuff. Uh, interesting times ahead for Melbourne City. Big games coming up too. Absolutely. Perth and a few other top-of-the-table teams. Absolutely. Uh, Melbourne City play Perth Glory on Sunday, and uh, Melbourne Victory go off to Queensland to take on uh, Brisbane Raw then on Friday. And, and Big apparently, game. apparently in Brisbane, they're going to have something like 500 millimetres of rain in the next couple of days, so they could be swimming. Mm. Anyway. Hey, theoretically, given that Carney's a left-sided player and he's probably played the best football I've seen him play for a long time. Would uh, you be half tempted to have him at Melbourne City? Uh, I don't know. I think I don't think he suits what they're trying to do, even though it's inconsistent what they're trying to do, but I just don't see someone like a David. <laughs> yeah, don't, I don't see... We'll throw them out even more. <laughs> yeah. Firstly, he, he costs a lot. As yeah. far as his wage demands will be quite high. And uh, I'm not sure whether, you know, given that he's been dismissed from uh, Newcastle because of so-called behaviour, yeah. behaviour issues. He's on a phone call, I think. Yeah, not only that, but I think there was a few things before that, um, all in-house that we don't know about. But, uh, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure whether City had won a player who's mm. had that bit of a history. So, anyway. Let's take a break now, and uh, when we come back, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. <laughs> Argentina's biggest and best supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. The founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Boca's strip of blue and yellow. 
This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diego's. Well, coming up a little bit later on as well. This is the uh, Four Diego's on eleven sixteen SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. <laughs> On 1116 SEN, the Four Diego's. Yes, we're here on a Wednesday night. There's three of us, minus Warren Diego, who is still on the witness protection <laughs> program. I think he'll be all right next week, Vinny. Let's hope. Yes, and the hot topic tonight? He's, uh, he's only human. It's a he's only human hotline. Oh, it's a hotline as well. And uh, let us know what Strebray, uh, what went on to make Strebray make that decision. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Everyone's been talking about it. Why couldn't we? Why shouldn't we talk about it? Yeah. Hey, a couple of text messages here, guys. There was a player for Werder Bremen uh, or Wolfsburg a few years ago who confessed to diving and prompted the ref to reverse his call. I think his surname was Hunt. It's definitely on YouTube. That's yeah. Tom in Flemington. Um, we vaguely remember that there, Tom. Thanks for that. Um, he's one. Uh, players going down like they've been shot in the back with a 12-gauge after minor contact is worse than poor umpiring decision. It's a blight on the game. Nephew of Vinny. Hey. There you go. <laughs> it is a blight. Got, got the family. Of course it is. It is a blight. You weren't going to argue with that. Good on you, lad. <laughs> Good on uh, Could Co- be a lassie. Ab- <laughs> nephew. 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 <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Hope not. There you no. go. <laughs> not yet. Uh, Coe's poor keeping isn't coming under the microscope either. That's John in Port Melbourne. Well, he, he, he did show he, he could have been more nimble across the uh, the goal line for that Schmelz uh, equaliser at the end there. And I thought he's, he's sort of uh, a little bit slow to move for that. And I know a lot of Victory fans are a lot more, uh, I don't know, they are, they're a lot more tougher in, uh, in their critic, critique of that than I am. Uh, he's one of the guys I think that uh, uh, is, is really a target of, uh, of some of the fans and, and why maybe the team is not as consistent as what people think uh, they should be. Gee, when, when you strip away that decision, that goal from Shane Schmeltz at the, that mm. last goal was just beautiful. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, it was Vinny, very I think disappointing, you think it was actually. A bit of a fluke. I oh, know. Oh, look, I was too. No, no, I was a good guy. He's a, he's a good win. player. Schmeltz but, is a good um, player. Especially against victory. Victory fans just must hate yeah. him. A guy like Schmeltz just knows his way. I mean, he's. he's uh, his home is a penalty box. Mm. He just knows how to score. Uh, he just does such wonderful work in there. And even though he hasn't been a regular in that Sydney FC side, you just know, you mm. know, he, he's just got the eye for goal. And he was in the mood the other night too, you yeah. can just see. It was one of those frustratingly slow motion goals yeah. where you everything is not happening at the pace <laughs> it should be. Yeah. And it's like in those movies and you can see the bullet and the cop yeah. No. And, and Co spinning his wheels to yeah, get back to yeah, it because it's... he clearly, yeah. you know, he, there was a touch he... of the Matrix there. There was with also <laughs> yeah, uh, it was with uh, Nathan Co. <laughs> but the other thing too, you know, if you look at uh, Shane Smelt's scoring record against Victory and City, he scores almost a goal a game yep. against both those teams. He yep. has so much fun playing <laughs> against Victory and City. <laughs> he does. And I don't know how close. I, I think City had a crack at him, or when they were Hart had a crack at him. Uh, a couple of years ago. But I don't know why he hasn't played for a, for a Melbourne That's team. That's about one of the only states that he hasn't played it, It's in. true. He's, I mean, played, he's, played he's, he's a bit of a journeyman, but uh, I tell you what, he's still a great striker. Imagine mm. all the own goals he would have let in. <laughs> still scoring <laughs> it's against true, it's them. True. Speaking about own goals, I have to say, what uh, about that 40-metre own goal by uh, Josh Rose yesterday for Central Coast Mariners? Well, for Guangzhou RNF <laughs> in the uh, Asian Champions League qualifier yeah. where... Uh, 
the uh, Guangzhou RNF one three one. Did you see that? Yeah, I did Back see pass, it. Back just went wrong. Uh, happily for Josh, there was no one there at the ground to watch it. <laughs> That's right. Uh, it was. Was there anyone? There? I mean, it was. Did the brass band even? Well, there turn were more up? Chinese fans there than. <laughs> I know. Once upon a time, there were no backpasses. Now backpasses. I don't like backpasses. I, I think the, another rule, apart from the diving, is no back pass to the keeper from the halfway line. Yeah. Oh. It's, that's a blight on the game too, but that's another, yeah. that's another show. 9429 give us a call tonight. We'd love to hear from you. Let's go to Paul in Roville. He thinks he knows why Stebre made the decision. G'day, Paul. Welcome to the Diego's. Hey, guys. Yeah, I'm not actually taking the piss here. I actually do think I know why. Okay. Um, he, was watching, he was watching where the ball was, right? Strabo was. Yep. Um, he didn't actually see the moment where the two, Ryle and Finkler, met. And yep. when he looked, he saw Finkler with his hands up running straight and Ryle to, his, to Finkler's right on the ground. Mm. I think what Strabo thought was it was one of those times when an def- uh, attacker's making a run and a defender cuts him off and clips his heels running the opposite way yep. at a tangent to him. Yep. And it did actually look exactly like that, but little did Strabray know that Finkler actually didn't know Ryan was there. Yep. So I can see why he gave it. All signs pointed to it, but if he had actually seen, he would have known that Finkler didn't actually see him. You're spot on, Paul. Absolutely spot on. I think that's how you. That's how we read it. Um, there's no way Shrebray, we can rule out that he cheated. No, no. <laughs> you I, can rule out that he hates yeah. victory. I don't think he has an agenda against no, victory. No, of course not. Of course not. But... Contrary uh, to a lot of texts on yeah. the SMS machine. But he also once said that he didn't give the Milligan penalty in the semi-final against Brisbane Raw last season because he wasn't 150% sure it was a penalty. Now, for him to give the penalty on the weekend, by his definition, he must have been 150% sure. And I don't know if that's correct because, you know, even though he was, I agree with Paul, he was looking at the ball rather than the actual so-called contact. Uh, I, I, you know, if you didn't see the contact, you shouldn't have given it. No, I agree. I agree. Paul, so, uh, Paul's probably surmised correctly there, yeah. but, but I, I, you know, when you, if if that if that was why he made that decision, how he made that decision, he shouldn't have. It's given not it the root. Yeah, it's not, he's not he, a, yeah. You got to see it. Sure. You got to see it. Absolutely. Nine four two nine eleven sixteen. Thanks for your call, Paul. We really appreciate it. Hey boys, let's just talk a bit about. I mean, this was really a weekend for the bad boys, wasn't <laughs> yeah, it? It was. Um, let's start. We'll come back to Barisha. Um, but let, let's let's go to Adelaide for for a minute. You know, yeah. that's a town that you know the Diego's have had yeah. a bit of fun in. Are we going to um, talk about the game? Well, for five minutes. No, no, not the no. game. Why would we talk about the game? No, no. We're going to talk about the disco, are we? We're talking about the oh, disco. Okay, I can't even remember the name of the disco. Oh, no, I, anyway. I read it today. It was very... Because I remember it used to be Jewel. The big disco in Adelaide mm. was Jewel. Oh, was it? Is it yeah. still going Jewel? Or has it become an incarnation of something else? But, uh, of course, uh, you've got the report there, Rodrigo. Well, well uh, Keogh and Risden, both yep. uh, Perth Glory uh, players, uh, were arrested yeah. in um, Adelaide. <laughs> and uh, for, what, drunken disorderly behaviour? And... Yep. Um, They've obviously been released and, uh, you know, they've been suspended by their club. But uh, it made news. It made... Yeah. I was really surprised that, you know, this would make the news, Carlos. What, what did you think? Do you think uh, Keogh would have said something like, do you know who I am, Copper? <laughs> when well, they came for him? Do it with the Irish section. Really? Do you know who I am, Copper? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Good one. I, you know, just to surprise you guys that in this day and age, after the game, we've still got footballers... That go out mm. and get. I mean, I don't think they're doing it that much in AFL these days. They usually wait till the off season, don't they? Ooh, Who uh, knows? I don't know about that, Carlos. Well, I think the rugby players and the AFL players tend mm. to get in trouble during the off season. I don't think you're finding too many in pubs uh, or, or, or in nightclubs getting drunk during the season. 
we haven't had a story like that for a while, have we? Or am I? I'm sure. No, no, we haven't. Know. I don't think we've had many, if any, stories like that either. Yeah, but I the think they go out. It's actually been a quiet off season, actually. Yeah, but in the, in, that's in when it tends off. to happen. When mm. they when they have all sorts of things going on, it's during the off season, end of season trips and stuff like that. I'm surprised that we've still got that, you know, in Perth, you know, or, or, or in the A League. Oh, look, boy, boys like to go out. They've, they've played a hard yeah, game they, of football, but they got dr- it's drunk and disorderly. Rodriguez, just drunk too much. It's not a li- lemon lime and bitters <laughs> and a little bit of a dance, you know, on the dance floor and then go home. Well, you raise an interesting point in this age of you know fitness and and yeah. so many team doctors and people watching your your physical condition. Whether you know they must know what happens and they must obviously have a, a couple of rest days and recovery and they think yeah. even if you do go out. Uh, you've got a couple of days to get yourself right, which you would think for an A-League club or any sort of professional unit is something they wouldn't want to sort of uh, court or I attempt. Think, I think the issue is more not, not, not so much sports science, but the fact that we're in an era of, you know, everyone, everyone's got a camera. I mean, everyone's, you know, with social media, you know, news is instant today and everyone's a news reporter yeah. or broadcaster. Hmm. Absolutely. So that that's... That's the stupidity, really. Well, the, but these guys actually got arrested, well, so I think the that Herald made it Sun, even worse. Uh, well, Donald Herald's son of the age had, a, had the article of uh, the, both players being arrested, mm. and there was a big photo off the disco's Facebook yeah. <laughs> with Andy Keogh and some of the girls he met during the night. I heard you on Half Today, yep. Carlos, as you are every Wednesday yes. from 1 um, at Fort Diego's. That's our Twitter handle yeah. while, while we're at it. Hey, but you, you said you were... You think you thought it was good for the game, didn't you? Is that I, what you I, said? I said it was good for the game because it was almost a compliment for the game that it was right. reported. Yes. Because to think that footballers or soccer players have never gone out after a game and got drunk and got in a bit of trouble with police, if you believe that, you're deluded, right? But in the past, it hasn't made the news because it wasn't newsworthy, right? Because it was, it was soccer rather than AFL or, or rugby. The fact that they're reporting <laughs> yes. in Adelaide, two Perth Glory players having a few drinks and, and you know, going off their rocker a little bit after the game, and that's now making news, I think that's a compliment to the game. It that's means right. that we've arrived. Especially <laughs> when there was a massive cricket game in Adelaide on the same night between India and Pakistan. And there was no, no one drunk at disorderly no. at that game. No, M.S. Stoney. <laughs> that's right. He was in his hotel room with yeah. you know, Virat Kohli, and you know, they, were, they were drinking... Nothing. Maybe there's an FFA directive to sort of stay in the news, though, <laughs> yeah. however, however yeah. way you can. Yeah. Well, there you go. They've uh, they've been suspended by their club, so uh, not suspended, rather fined or uh, fine. Well, Josh Risden has, slap had, on the wrist. has been given a suspended fine, right? Yeah, and Andy yeah. Keogh yeah. has been give, given a fifty percent fine of his weekly wage, right, which is suspended. around three grand apparently. So mm. he's getting paid fairly good coin at the moment. Good player. Yeah. Good player. Let's go to Michael in Thomastown. G'day, Michael. Uh, hello there, guys. Uh, just earlier before, I think you moved on a little bit from that, just with the football players and stuff, yep. um, you'd sort of see them around, actually. You'd be surprised how much you see them through the regular season. They do tend to pop in, you know, have a few cheeky drinks, you know. Okay, are well, you talking about AFL footballers, Michael, or yep. soccer players? Yep, no, no, AFL, strictly yep. AFL, in Melbourne uh, speaking, you know, like you've got you know, Eve Nightclub and all yep. that. They, they tend to roll around. There's a few familiar faces if you look at the photos. Okay. Uh, but, but they don't go out of control. That's the thing. Well, that's you know, the thing, is professional. It? Yeah, yeah, I was just going to ask, have you seen any of them out of control? I, when I go to El Fortino's disco in Footscray, <laughs> I, I never see anyone out of control there. No. You know? Except no. family members. Yeah. But you don't, you don't see them out of control, do you, Michael? 
Oh, look, not not necessarily, I guess. Yeah, it depends. Maybe if they've got a week off, maybe sometimes you you can see them. But generally yeah. speaking, they're all right. Yeah, yeah it, it's more the past players that really tend to let loose sometimes. Oh yes, and why not? You've got to live former <laughs> glories, don't you? Oh, of course, yeah. mate. Yeah, glory days. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, oh, no. mate, we'll see Thanks, you after the, we'll see you after the show, Michael. Uh, yeah, we're off tonight. to the disco yeah, after yeah, this, Michael. We, we, <laughs> we tend to we tend to knock it around yeah, after yeah. after and the I Diego's. think Thomas Town's got a nice little disco there too. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Hmm. Which one, Carlos? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just not sure. <laughs> for my, but anyone from Thomas Town, and tell us if there is a disco because oh, we'll be there after the show. There's a you know a shopping strip there as well. I'm sure. <laughs> so, I'm sure yeah. there's a pub. There'd be an RSL with a jukebox. We'll dance to anything. What's what's happening with uh, Bessart Barisha? Why why is he in trouble? I, I, yeah. I must have missed that completely because I thought it was for the antics on the pitch, but something kind of happened uh, while yeah. he was walking off. Was he getting baited by um, the Sydney fans? Yeah, I think he's. But yeah, he was probably baited by the Sydney fans all game. But he, of course, lost it over the whole uh, Seb Roll mm. diving incident. And uh, the Shrebray Deloski decision. And as he was walking off at the end of the game, apparently uh, he held onto his crotch. Oh, right. Well, Michael <laughs> See, Jackson did I that. Think, I think Seb yep. should be held accountable for the fact that uh, Barisha held, yep. had to lunge for his crotch. Yeah, no, he lunged, and, <laughs> and he, gesture. And he, and he put up his middle finger to the Sydney crowd as he's walked in. I, I think it's... I think it's just completely can be explained by the fact that, as I said on Half Show today, that he had a sore groin <laughs> and he was just telling Sydney fans, no, I'm right, my one groin is fine. Right. And he just didn't use his normal pointer no, finger. No, of course not. Of course not. So, uh, but anyway, he's been given a please explain and he's got to write up a submission about why he grabbed his crotch and why he put his middle finger up and have it into the <laughs> FFA by next Monday, apparently. Right. Can he get suspended for that? Or Oh, yeah. Gee. Yeah. Do you oh, think yeah. it'll take him a lot, lot of time to write it? <laughs> I think he's going to draw a picture. <laughs> He'll draw a picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No. I... Explaining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like little diagram, stage yeah. one. Yeah, no, I think they're going to do Photoshop and everything. Yeah, here you go. Johnny yeah. Port Melbourne heard Carlos lets his hair down at Bunnies. <laughs> no, I'm an L14O's man there, Johnny. There you go. And um, what about, uh, let's, before we go to a break, Melbourne City. Now, they had a nil-all draw, uh, that little beautiful postcard of a grounded upper hut against uh, Wellington Phoenix. Yep. And uh, Damien Duff looks like he might be out for the rest of the season. So uh, that, he, that could be the end of his Melbourne City career. Oh, I think it is, definitely. I think mm. they almost announced that. And uh, the, it was a really weird injury. I mean, he got stomped on, on his foot, and he's had an ankle, from that he became ankle ligaments and calf injury from that. So uh, it's sad because he's been one of their better players this season. And I think as Josh Kennedy gets more and more fit, he's mm. the sort of player that could deliver it mm. to him. At the moment, there's sort of not. There's a bit of work to do there, not only on Josh's side but also the team. So and it's and, very sad that he didn't want to stay longer than one year as well. I, I you know, that uh, that was me. always made really clear from the start. Yeah, no, so, I know yeah. that's true. We're lucky mm. to have him. Mm. And Melbourne City have picked up uh, sack Newcastle captain uh, Yarlians yep. uh, to bolster their squad because they've. Um, They've actually got a few injuries, so uh, interesting stuff. Uh, interesting times ahead for Melbourne City. Big games coming up too. Absolutely. Perth and a few other top-of-the-table teams. Absolutely. Uh, Melbourne City play Perth Glory on Sunday and uh, Melbourne Victory go off to Queensland to take on uh, Brisbane Raw then on Friday. And, and Big apparently, game. apparently in Brisbane, they're going to have something like 500 millimetres of rain in the next couple of days, so they could be swimming. Mm. Anyway. Hey, theoretically, given that Carney's a left-sided player and he's probably played the best football I've seen him play for a long time. Would uh, you be half tempted to have him at Melbourne City? 
Uh, I don't know. I think I don't think he suits what they're trying to do. Even though it's inconsistent what they're trying to do, but I just don't see someone like a David. Yeah, I don't see. We'll throw a, them out even more. Yeah. Uh, firstly, he, he costs a lot. As yeah. far as his wage demands will be quite high, and uh, I'm not sure whether you know, given that he's been dismissed from uh, Newcastle because of so-called. Behaviour, yeah. behaviour issues. Is it a phone call, I think? Yeah, not only that, but I think there was a few things before that, um, all in-house that we don't know about. But, uh, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not quite sure whether City had won a player who's mm. had that bit of a history. So, anyway. Let's take a break now. When, uh, when we come back, we'll catch up with Mike McGrath from The Sun in the UK. This is the Four Diego's on 1116 SEN, Melbourne's home of sport. <laughs> Argentina's biggest and best supported club, Boca Juniors, were founded in 1905 by an Irishman named Patrick McCarthy and a group of Italian immigrants. The founding members, unable to decide what colours to play in, chose to adopt the national colours of the next ship to sail up the River Plate. The boat was Swedish, hence Boca's strip of blue and yellow. This has been a useless trivia moment by the Four Diego's.